such a happy day. It's a clear victory. It's Saturday. My name's Andrew. You just joined me on the call. Good morning. It's Susie. Hey, Sister Susie. And this is not Friday. I know. (laughs) That's what I said. They're thinking, hey, wait a minute. I have the wrong day. (laughs) Good to hear you. I didn't want you to panic. (laughs) Good to hear you. Uh-huh. I was thinking the same thing. Hi, bro- hi, brother Andrew. This is Prosperous Pam. This is hey. Saturday. <laughs> Good morning, Prosperous Pam. Happy Saturday. I have a prayer request. Yes, ma'am. Um, I have a friend who has a new found interest in the Lord, so I'm just praying. Um, want to lift him up in prayer that God speaks to his heart and gives him guidance. His name is Jonathan. Okay, let, let me let me just take this out. His name is Jonathan, correct? Yes. Got it. Thank Amen you. for Jonathan. Yep. Amen. Every every new soul is uh, is important. Scriptures tell us that all of heaven rejoices. Heaven is rejoicing constantly anyway, but even more so when a new soul is added to the to the ledger. That's awesome. And yeah. uh, th- thanks to you, sister. Sister Prosperous, for for being a, a good example, and even if you didn't specifically lead him to the Lord, at least you did not hinder him getting to the Lord by what he saw or heard of you. So right. that's awesome too. That's so because, true. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Morning, I mean, that, that's a, Hey, Sister Didi, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Brother Andrew. It's important for us to not only be a help to those that are on the path and they don't know the Lord, but we can't be a hindrance. And oftentimes we're one and the other and don't know it. So that's important. It's a happy Saturday to clear victory. My name is Andrew. Who's with me on the call? And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even his sword, and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came, David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tablets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul had slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. 
all was very wrong. And the same displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed what thousands? What can he have more but the kingdom? Saw I David from that day and forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Saul cast the javelin, for he said, it, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. It's a happy Saturday at the play of victory. My name is Andrew. Who's with me on the call? Good morning. This is Janice. Good morning, Janice. Happy, happy Saturday. Mm-hmm. Good to hear you tell. Jesse from Baton Rouge. Brother Jesse, happy Saturday. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Yvette. Hey, Uncle Jesse. Hey, baby. Good morning, Yvette. Happy Saturday. I'm to you. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. It's a happy Saturday at the Clear Victory. My name is Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. It's Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. According to the clock on the wall, it's time we got our morning started. So I'm going to please ask everyone under the sound of my voice to check your phone. Activate the mute feature. Make sure it's activated. Watch call. Lance added. Just to make sure that nothing has changed. Because the lesson and the prayer were going to be recorded. And so until we're asked to come off mute or we're in our love, life, and victory portion, Please let the only speaker, the only one off mute, be the one that is supposed to be speaking and off mute. Thank you much, Luke, for your attention to this matter. Good morning. My name is Andrew. I'm your host for the morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. Who are we? This is who we are. We're a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are here to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to continue to join us daily throughout the month of July 
for our theme entitled Wisdom. July's theme is Wisdom. Our wonderful and gifted declares will definitely bless you. There's one announcement for us today. We're encouraging you to partner with Declare Victory in giving, and so we can put forth the effort to share the gospel both locally and abroad. We do so several ways. Firstly, by visiting declarevictory.org. Secondly, you can access paypal.me slash declarevictory. Thirdly, you can opt for S app dollar sign I declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and your trusting in Him. There were no online prayer requests on our app, but there are prayer requests that you need to consider. Prosperous Van has a prayer request this morning for her friend Jonathan, who has been recently led to the Lord. Amen. And she's asking that the Lord provide him guidance and wisdom as he seeks him and intends to grow stronger in his walk. We're still praying for the children, those who are incarcerated, those that are in abusive situations, those that are runaways, those that are impoverished those that are not being schooled right now, their school is just not operating. Uh, those that come from broken homes, those that are just in unsafe situations. We're praying for the first responders, not just the ones on the front lines of the pandemic, but we're also praying for those first responders whose hearts may not be aligned or in service to their fellow man, those that harbor hate, those that bring rancor to the job, when the people that they serve are afraid and vulnerable. We're praying for our leaders from the federal level down to the local and in our churches that they may have hearts soft before the Lord, that they have love for the stranger and the orphan and the widow. We're praying that the hearts of those that call upon the name of the Lord be linked in solidarity, be on one accord as we seek the Lord, as we repent, as we humble ourselves before our God that our land may be healed and our sins forgiven. We're praying for each other to just be encouraged. We're praying for wisdom. The word says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask the God who giveth liberty to all men and upbraideth not. For in these days and times, people are looking for answers. People are looking for help and we have the prescription. And we're just praying that the unsaved be drawn closer to the day. Order of the call of the callers. Prayer and corporate prayers will be brought by Sister Beauty. Declaration will be brought by Brother Moses. That order once again. 
prayer and corporate praise will be rendered by Didu. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Immediately following, Moses will lead us in love, life, and victory for further discussion and elucidation of the lesson that he brings this morning. Please, ma'am, please, sir, check your phone and make sure that the new feature is still activated, still ongoing, so that the word of God may not be hindered. Our scripture lesson for the day is taken from Job chapter 12, verse 13. To God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of this holy word. Next more she will be that of Sister Didi, leading us to the throne of grace. My name is Andrew Hart. I now pass the call. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I just want to say thank you, Father God. Lord, I lift my brother Andrew up to you this morning. You know all about him. Lord, thank you just for being his provider. Thank you that he knows you to be Jehovah Jireh. Lord, thank you for his sound this morning and that he greeted and and, uh, met with everyone that called in just to say good morning and give a word of encouragement. Thank you that he knows you to be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. I thank you. I thank you for his life, Lord. Continue to cover and keep him. Lord, I, I call out the name Jonathan this morning. That Jonathan gets to know you better. That's his desire. Your word says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I thank you for that soul. I thank you for Sister Pam that is interceding and leading him to you, Father God. What an awesome thing. That's what you called us to do, to be ministers of reconciliation. So for that, I thank you. Continue to bless and keep her. I heard Jesse from Baton Rouge on the line. Lord, bless him. There's no distance in the power of prayer. And I just thank you for that sound this morning. Lord, thank you for this beautiful Saturday morning. Hallelujah. Because from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, it's your name and it's worthy to be praised. I thank you, God, for this day. Lord, thank you for being a way maker. Thank you for being a miracle worker, and you're a promise keeper. You're light in the darkness, and that is who you are. Thank you, God, because sometimes, and especially now in this climate, I know I felt like Job, not understanding why so much is going on. So much hell seems to be breaking loose. Oh, but I've come to realize that even through our struggles, that we learned compassion. So that's what this is for, this pandemic, this hope, this stop on life. Oh, God, thank you, because when it feels like we are just holding on to faith by the string, when it seems fragile, and even when we don't understand, it just seems like it could get easier for us if we just let go, but you say don't let go. Hold on. So hold on this morning, soldiers on the line. Thank you for tuning in to declare victory. Thank you, because there's so many things that we don't understand, because it's one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. Sometimes we don't know whether to leave or stay or go or what we're going to do if we slide down the wall. 
being judged and talked about because folks have opinions over everything or they give unsolicited advice or their opinions on stuff. They have no idea what they would do if it was them facing it. Also, for God this morning, I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you that we seek your godly wisdom and not the wisdom of men because men are fallible. So I thank you. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're still doing a work in us, no matter what we are going through this morning. Thank you that you will allow the trine of our faith to show us love, how to love. Oh, I thank you, God, this morning. I can't thank you enough. Thank you, God, that we continue to trust in you, in you, in you, and you alone, and what your word says. No doubting, just believing that we believe, we receive, and we pray so that our prayers are effective, and we're interceding, and we know how to witness. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So, Father God, I just stopped by this morning to say thank you. Can't thank you enough just for being God all by yourself because it's your mercy and your grace, God. Oh, you are an amazing father. You're an extravagant father. Just to see a new day, that's grace. Thank you that we woke up with an attitude of gratitude to get on a prayer call. Thank you, Father, for just blessing us to have a sound mind. Father God, I thank you because yesterday is over. Tomorrow may never come. We have to move forward. This is the day that you have made, Lord. We shall rejoice and just be glad in today, in this moment, in this morning. Hallelujah. It's a good reminder to just thank you, God, for our joy. Thank you that we can turn our joy. We can just take that pain and you'll give us joy. The joy stealers can't steal anything from us because we trust you to give us a glad heart and a sound mind. Thank you. No robbing of our peace or attacking of our minds. Thank you, Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Hallelujah. Some people are just seeking peace right now. It's so much going on. So help us. We need you this morning. Just help us in our peace to keep that peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's through your wisdom because your word tells us that if we confess our sins, God, we confess everything to you because you know everything there is to know about us. There's nothing secret from you, God. You know everything. We say to you, forgive us, Father, for anything we may have done, said, or thought that's not even pleasing to you. To just rejoice in gladness this morning. I rejoice. I celebrate my brothers and sisters on the line this morning. Each and every ear that is listening in right now. Bless them and bless them indeed. God, thank you for being their provider. You're showing yourself strong because we are still here. We're still standing this morning. Even through loss. Even through death. Even through tragedy. Even through uh, repossessions, foreclosures, whatever it is. God, we're still here. So thank you, thank you, thank you that you even show us and you give us wisdom and show us where we need to lend a hand to somebody else that's in need. To either buy a meal or pay a bill or just reach out and check on somebody. God, there are people that are lonely and by themselves and they're in the house all day with no one to talk to. Even if they're working from home and they're on Zoom, after they log off, they're by themselves. So God, be their peace. Send someone to, to to just check on them, even if it's a text message or a phone call, God, or if they send them a meal or just a, something just to let them know, hey, you are not forgotten. You are not all by yourself because people are fighting to just hold on. Thank you, Father God. There's so many troubled minds. 
The soul needs a healing. The soul. So I thank Pam for that. That Jonathan. I thank you for him. I keep hearing his name. Touch him, God. Lord, we thank you that you've never left us nor forsake us. God, thank you that you are still God and you are still good. Lord, thank you that you help us to know what to say and how to say it and when to talk and when to be quiet. God, I thank you because when my lips no longer know what to ask for in prayer, you hear my heart. Thank you for hearing the heart of us, God. I'm crying out to you this morning with gladness, just grateful for this day. You are amazing. Thank you for keeping us last night. God, I thank you that last night wasn't our last night and that we woke up this morning to face a new day because you breathe your breath in our lungs so we can cry out to you. Thank you for your protection, God. I'm just so thankful for your protection because it could have all been so much worse. Some people are just blessed to be here today, this morning, because when they went to bed last night, the devil thought they had the house around them. The devil was going to try to take them out. Oh, but God, hallelujah. You went before we even know. You went before. You went before. You are our defender. You are our warrior. You fight for our. You fight for us. You fight our battles. Thank you. If we keep our minds stayed on you, you will keep us in perfect peace. Oh God, and we'll sleep and we'll slumber and we'll wake up like we did on today, God. So no matter what we're going through, to know that you are a magnificent God and you are a good, good Father. You, Lord, are my light and my salvation, so whom shall I fear? And your word tells us to fear not 365 times. So that means there's a word for every day that we don't have to fear. You are a stronghold on our lives, so who do we have to be afraid of? Thank you, God, for no fear that we are we are warriors and we declare victory. Thank you for our eyes this morning that we can see. Thank you for our ears that we can hear and for our mouth that we can speak and walk and talk, even if some of us have pain as we walk. Lord, I just thank you for the air in our lungs. I call out my sister Yvonne to you. Lord, thank you for Yvonne's sound. Hallelujah. She blesses this whole entire family with her sound, God. Thank you, Father, for Yvonne this morning, God. Thank you. Just to hear her say, good morning, my name is Yvonne. And some people won't even open their mouths to give you praise. God, I thank you for her, God. I'm lifting up my brother Eric to you, Father God. You know all about him. Thank you that nephew David made it safely to Arizona and that his dad is on the mend. Thank you, God. We don't take it for granted. I'm praying for Allison, and I'm calling out my brother Lavelle this morning, God. I'm praying for those that this this world just need a healing, God. Those that are fighting in their mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. God, thank you for being a covering for those out in the in the element, the homeless, and that you are healing the sick. Even if we don't, it doesn't look that way, God, because you're bigger than COVID-19. You're bigger than cancer. You're bigger than Alzheimer's. You're bigger than dementia. You're bigger than diabetes. You're bigger than lupus and anything, God, because you gave your only son if we consider the cross. I thank you this morning for my nephew Moses and his beautiful family. Continue to cover and keep him. Oh, God, we know we are fighting in the spiritual realm. It's not flesh and blood. So I thank you 
that we know and we must know that we know that we know for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against authorities against the power of this dark dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm oh so we must put on the full armor Thank you so that when the day of evil comes and it's here, that we might be able to stand, stand our ground, stand our ground. And even after everything, after everything comes, that you're still standing. Thank you that we can stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Thank you that our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, peace, peace. Thank you for peace. Thank you that we take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all those flaming arrows of the evil defeated one, because he is defeated. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is your word. So I thank you for your word, God, because your word is our weapon. Your word is our praise. Hallelujah. Your word is our is our breakthrough. Thank you for our breakthrough. Thank you, God. That we don't become defensive or angry at people because this battle is not against people. Thank you that we know how to fight with spiritual weapons. I thank you, God. Just like David. David just knew how to war. Thank you that he knew how to filter. Thank you, God. I'm so grateful this morning that we can speak the truth to people around us. That we can speak life and we can speak life and hope and healing to a dark cold world thank you that we can be encouragers that we can just give your word back to people god i thank you that we won't allow the enemy to shut us he can't mute us thank you god because we're fighting a good fight of faith i thank you because you said in the midst of all our storms that you're gonna have your way so have your way this morning have your way thank you for being our refuge and our strength you are a very present help and we're in trouble and we are in trouble oh but god you are there and you are good so i thank you right now as each and every victor on the line just take your phones off of mute and just praise the Lord with me. Worship him on this morning. Oh, he deserves Thank you, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, Lord God. 
of the love of God. They get that transfer of the presence. They get that transfer of, of feeling God's love. And um, yeah, I want to encourage you with that today. And that's kind of funny because that relates to today's message. And I know that our theme this month is wisdom. I don't have necessarily a title for today's message, but what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about just that exactly, what we give away. And I want to talk about specifically wisdom. How do we give wisdom to people? And I'm not talking about imparting the gift of wisdom, like a spiritual gift of wisdom, or, 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 you, or some people operate in that gift and they have wisdom and, and, and not just having information, but how do you use information at the proper time and the proper way? Um, how do you utilize? How does it become active? How is, it, how is information and knowledge and action? And that is wisdom. We're not talking about that necessarily. I'm talking about how do you give wisdom with things that you've learned, things you've gone through, things you understand, you know, experiences in your walk with the Lord, stuff you've gone through in life, maybe to a child, maybe to a kid, maybe to a family member, maybe to a younger family member that you're not, it's not your kid, but maybe they go to you. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's just, maybe it's someone older than you. Maybe it's a family member. How do we give them the answers they need? Because I, I, I was talking to my mom probably kind of how I came to this message. This message has been in my heart for about a month now. And I want to say, um, I started to think to myself, I, I, I started to think, right. Have you ever been in that place where you look at, you look at all the people in your life and specifically now try to visualize and think about the people in your life who are struggling the most. The people in your life who they're the ones you get nervous when you get a call from them because they're like, oh, man, what's wrong now or what happened now? These are the people who they, they just won't listen. These are the people who they're, they're they might, it might be your kid. It might, like I said, it might be a spouse even. They might be addicted. They might be, they might be hurting. They might not know how to communicate. It, it could even be that family member who is they're just stubborn or they gossip or they're just very, very, very difficult to get across to. They're the ones where like you sit down and talk with them and it's just got like spirit of Leviathan written all over it. Like you can say like, Hey, good morning. And they're looking at you and they're like, well, what's so good about this morning? I don't understand why you have to start with me right now. It's eight o'clock in the morning. And it's like, Whoa, like all I said was good morning. Calm down. Like what's going on? And like, you can't say anything to them because the words get twisted and there's pride and there's, you know, like no matter you're scared to disagree with them because there's no boundaries. And, you know, if you have a different thinking or approach on life, like they just, they will argue to the death of a concept with you um, because they just don't agree with it. And also, I just wanted to ask if we could take a moment to just look down and make sure your phone's on mute um, before we go on and just throughout the the future of the session right now because we do have have this recorded want to limit some of the external noise thank you so in 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 continuing with that description i think it's safe to say that we all know somebody who struggles with that we all know somebody where we have to mentally prepare ourselves before we talk with this person we have to mentally prepare ourselves before we interact with this these people in our life and sometimes it's a coworker. Sometimes it, it, it's a it's an in law. Sometimes it's a it could be anybody, right? And I think to myself, how do we come to the point where 
we look at this person's life and we see how they've alienated themselves. We see how they have have distanced themselves from support and people and they've pushed people away and you can offer to help them um, or you can offer to give them advice. And if the advice doesn't specifically align with their hurt emotions or their feelings, then they think that you're against them. They think that you are, if you disagree with them in any way, they think that you're just another person that's against them. They're looking for people to co-sign for them. They're looking for people to just agree with the unhealthy behavior, right? And this could be in anything. And so what I want to, um, also real quick, if everyone could just look down and make sure they're on mute because they're getting a lot of background noise right now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And so I, I thought to myself, it's very easy if you have wisdom, if you have understanding, if you're, if you're sensible, you have those sensibilities, it's very easy to help people like that, right? Mm -hmm. It's very easy to help because you can, you can help this person in five minutes. And within five minutes of sitting down, there's some people I know, if they just woke up one day and they're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to what everybody outside of everybody that's not me. I'm going to listen to what they say, and I'm going to actually actively try to 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 work on. Hey, uh, can you go on mute? There's someone you're you're not on mute right now, and there's a lot of background noise. If you can hear me right now, just check. Make sure you're on mute. We're getting like a lot of movement and noise. Thank you, thank you. I noticed that th that's not that's not an option. I noticed that's not an option for people who are in this mentality, who are in this mindset. That that's not an option to just go to the people that God has placed in your life to sit down and to ask them, "Hey, you know, where should I work on this? Where should I go on that?" And it's not that people won't ever ask you for that in life and in your walk, wherever you're at right now as you're listening. It doesn't mean. You know, that's, that's, not on, that's not ever going to be on the table. That's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today is the life cycle of people in your life that are coming from a place of they're never going to listen. So what do you do when someone's finally ready? How do you help them get to that point? And if it's yourself, how do you get to that place? Because I started to think, like, does anybody listen to anyone? And, you know, and I don't mean it in the sense of like, oh, everyone's stubborn, no one listens. I don't mean it in that way. But to, to the folks in life that are really, really struggling, to the people that I've seen that have chosen, they, they make an active decision to be offended every day. They make an active decision to be upset every day. They make an active decision to continue to wallow in self-pity or, and you know, the, the world just doesn't understand me. No one, no one gets me. And and, and what happens is that becomes like this isolating wall built around their heart and their ears and their mind from the people that have wisdom in their life. And I'm talking about people that can actively change their life, that can actively make a difference. And I know that we can do that for so many people because, like I said, I can think of so many people in my life right now, at least a handful, that if they would just sit down and listen to what I've observed in their life, not just me, but I know other people too, maybe their parents, maybe their their spouse or their, their coworkers or other people that care about them, if they would just sit and listen for five minutes or five minutes, just sit down, remove all of their own perspective, all of their own reservations, and just listen to the people around them, 
their entire life. The quality of their life will absolutely change. And it's simple. With some of them, it would just be just, just do that exactly. Just actually listen. With others, it would be, you know, hey, just don't do this. Hey, just don't do that. And I started to then look at my own life. I started to look at my life. Well, what are the areas that I struggle in? What are the areas that I'm weak in? What are the areas that I have an issue admitting that I'm wrong in? Where are the issues that I have, I have a hard time apologizing? Where are the places I'm quick to get offended? And I realized, why can't I just change those areas? And I had to learn, I had to look back at my own life and realize what got me to the place where I was teachable in those areas. What got me to the place where I would finally say, you know what? I have a problem in communication. I need to work on communication. Or for me, for a long time, I don't know if anybody else has ever struggled with this or had an issue with this, but I am a horrible, and I have been in my life, a horrible, horrible procrastinator. And if my mom's listening right now, I, don't, I think she's at work right now, but she knows this from the day I could walk. Like, I procrastinated walking. I was just like, eh, I'm just going to crawl for, like, another year or two. Like, I realistically probably have a long life ahead of me. I'm not... I don't need, there's no rush to walk. We're not even starting school for another three years. Like that's how I, I rationalize things. Like now, I mean, we don't really have to be there at 7:30. They, no one gets started until 7:45. And honestly, like 50% of the people are late. I've monitored it. Like, let's just, let's just leave out at 7:40, you know? And, and like, I procrastinate. That's just what I do. I, I, I just, I, I rationalize things and I don't know when I'm getting in that place of rationalizing. And it's, it's kind of a laziness and, and, and it causes me to be late a lot. And I end up being late to everything unless it's something I'm really, really, really interested in. Like declare victory, like I'll be online at like 540. You know, like, like 545, I'm typing and going over verses and stuff. But like other things, like I'm calling last minute. You know what I mean? Or I'm like, I'm getting on a Zoom call at 730 and the meeting started at 7. And, you know, like there's there's some things where it's hard for me to find the motivation because if I'm not totally motivated to do something, I'll procrastinate. And so that was a hard thing for me for a long time and hurt a lot of people around me and has actually really done a lot of damage. As you can imagine, being late to work is a problem. And there was a time where I had a job when I was younger and I was late to this job a lot. And they were very graceful with me. They're very patient and they understood I had a long commute. They knew Bay Area traffic was, was rough at certain times. And so they let me make my own schedule, but it, it was to the point where like, I was really annoying my boss and he was getting very, very upset with me and sitting down and talking with me. And there's a lot of times where this was an issue that hurt me. And I noticed that I was in one time in a worship on a worship team. And it's very important that worship practice starts on time for a service. So I was, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get there on time. I, I, I showed up late a couple of times. And the worship leader had to have a talk with me and, and telling me about, hey, you, we really need you to, to get here on time because if we can't, we can't start without you. And when we are starting, we're starting so late that we're actually messing up the flow of the service because we're not able to finish worship practice in time to get to prayer. And prayer can't start fast enough for us all to get into our stations to start service. And I was affecting a lot of people. And when I got corrected like that, I felt pride inside where I needed to be argumentative, where I needed to be defensive. That's a problem. I wasn't correctable. 
and I did not have humility and I wasn't able to own up the area. And that's one way that you know that you are in this place. If someone can't correct you on something, then you have a long journey ahead of you on that subject. It does, it, you can argue it all you want. And that's what I learned. I could argue being late all I wanted. I could justify it all I wanted. I could take advantage of people being graceful in my life all I wanted. But God was going to work with me in that area because that's how you know. If someone has brought an area to your attention and it has been brought to your attention or God has brought it to your attention, then that area has already begun. Your correction in that area has already begun. And it's up to you. So I use time management and procrastination and maybe laziness and, and getting easily offended. But for some people, it's a drug abuse. And there's folks out there, and, and I've been one of them, where you could be going to church two, three times a week. And you can be going to work and you can be doing all this life and then going and getting high the second you walk through the door. Going and, and smoking the second you get through the door. Going and, and, and not taking care of your body. You know, it could be anything. It could be fast food. It could, anything that doesn't, that doesn't preserve our body, right? It could be lying. It could be cheating. It could be stealing. You know, uh, it, I, I had a problem with little lies, like little simple lies that I didn't feel hurt people when I was younger. I would lie and I just lied. And then I got a wake up call and then another wake up call, right? And we have all these things happen. And when I was younger and I was dating, and this is years and years before I was married, I would get wake-up calls about the way I was in relationships and not having boundaries. And I would date and I would be, you know, physical with a girl I was dating. And then I would, I would be like, man, like, you know, I don't really see a future with us and all these things, right? And, and I, I would get corrected with that. I would be like, you, this is not a way to be, to be hand, this is not a way to be in a relationship. This is not how you date. And, and I wouldn't listen and I would date somebody else and I do, and I would, and it got, and it would get to the point where I would get a wake up call. Right. And so that's what happens is we start to get wake up calls and you don't want to be in the place where you have let these wake up calls go so long that you start to pray those prayers. And we've all prayed this prayer before where you get on your knees and you're like, God, I promise I will never do that again. If you just take this away. If you just take this situation away, if you just do this, if you just do that, those are some of the quietest prayer times I've ever had is when I get to the point where I've had a really serious wake up call to where I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I need your help. I'm freaking out right now. I don't know what I'm going to do about this situation, that situation, whatever. And you can imagine with some of the issues I've described that I've battled with, I've prayed some pretty desperate prayers like that. Right. And, and so Returning back to my intro point, we have to understand that we will have to be along the journey with some people in that area. If you are a boss of somebody who is 22 and they're like me and they're showing up late, you and, and maybe you can't let go of them because, you know, in the situation like where I was in, they, they really needed me. And it was a very specific role that I was doing that it was it was not easy to find somebody else to do that. And I wondered every day, why did they not fire me? Why have they, why have they not fired me? What is going on? Why have they not fired me? And my, my boss chose to teach me how to be on time. He chose to be patient with me. And there's going to be people in your life who you can't fire them. 
if it's your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife, you can't fire them. Okay. Like they're, they're in your life for good. They're going to be a part of your life for good. You know, and when we are attached to somebody's journey like that, how do we help them? And if, and if you are the person that, that is on that journey with whatever it is right now, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're battling with, and it can be anything, it can, it can be anything. Think of, you know, with guys, a, a struggle that's common to guys, think about lust. I'm not saying it's not uh, possible for a woman to struggle with that, but to guys, it's so much, it's so much more prevalent because of the enemy's design of his attack against man and the man's place in family. Think about how many guys try to silently carry that fight? I'm one of them. I didn't ever talk to that about that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we can talk about, like, prayer for depression or something. We can talk about prayer for, like, anxiety. I'm not going to talk about lust with you. Like, what? Like, I don't want to be held accountable in that area. Like, that's, that's a hard thing for us. But we might be a part of somebody's journey in that. We might be dis- discipling somebody in that journey. Like, we might be, we might be the person who is going through that. But wherever you're at in that, I want to cover three points today. I want to talk about the first point being patience, the second point being the return, and the third point is called give it away. And what I want to do is I want to talk about how, how do we conduct ourselves, whether we're the person going through it or we're the person going through it with someone, someone in our life right now who doesn't get it. They just don't get it. They don't understand. They don't know how to fix it. And they might not even know that they even have a problem because they might have not even gotten a wake-up call yet. Or they might have had 30 already, but they're so stubborn and so prideful, they're willing to ride this one to, the, to Rock Bottomville and then get a place and sign a lease in Rock Bottomville just to prove that they could do things on their own. And that's the hard part. How do we do life with someone who then, because here's the thing, this person could cause a lot of hurt to us emotionally and in our heart because of the decisions they make and they don't even know it right now. Think about how many times you've stayed up late praying for somebody because their poor decision making has hurt you or has scared you or has caused you anxiety or you're doing the dishes and you get a flash of them in an ambulance or you're doing your laundry and your phone goes off and your heart drops because you're thinking to yourself, how, what happened to them? Did they get arrested? Are they in jail right now? Did they hurt somebody? Have they been hurt? Think about how many people we have in our life that can, get, that can affect us that quickly. I know a handful of people that if something happened to them and I got that phone call right now, I mean, it would change everything. And then think about now the fact that there's a high probability that it could happen. How do we maintain peace in that? How do we have patience in that? How do we do what God did for us when we were in our testimony? Because a lot of us right now are walking firmly with the Lord. A lot of us right now, we go to church, we're in community, we're in accountability, right? But we weren't always in that place, though. And God didn't just show up in our life when we gave our, our, our life to him and we submit our life. So, so God had said, I had, I had formed you in your mother's womb. I had plans for you from the very beginning for what you would be. He knew that <laughs> he was very much involved before anybody in our family line ever breathed their first breath, right? So that means that God was with some of us. God was with us in that garage when we were getting high, and we were nowhere near a church. We were nowhere near declare victory. 
God was with us. This is, this is a hard one. If we're going to go back to lust. God was with us in that bedroom with that person that we shouldn't have been dating. God was with us in that car when we were buying stuff from someone we should not have been buying stuff, or maybe even when we were selling the stuff. God knew all those times. But a lot of us, we don't realize that because we weren't actively pursuing him, but we don't see that God was actively pursuing us though already from the beginning. And he was the factor that changed our life. So when we come over, that's why it's so big to not hold on to shame from your past, to not let it define you, but let it grow you because God already knew what you were doing. And I know so many people that don't feel qualified to do ministry. I'm like, <laughs> bro, none of us are qualified to do ministry. <laughs> like, even the people that are qualified now to do ministry are still not qualified to do ministry. Like, we all have something. Like, you're, you're not the only one. You're not the only one with the past. Like, it's okay. You repent. You move forward. Like, leave it in the past. Like, don't, don't let that create a cycle of shame. Move forward, okay? But I know I have a friend. He's a younger guy. He's, he's, he's me six years ago. Like he's me six years ago. He's making the same mistakes I was making. The, he doesn't have the dating boundaries. He's a younger guy, like right. And and I told he and he's like, man, I'm you know I'm praying for a wife. And and I told him, I was like, you know, you're already married, bro. I don't know how to tell you this, but like you are already married. You could. And I was like, this is why. You are already being attacked for your marriage right now. With the girls that are hitting you up, sliding into your DMs and everything, I was like, you're already being attacked for your marriage and your marriage, you haven't even met your wife yet. Or maybe you have and you guys are just not even dating yet. I was like, but I was like, the truth of it is, is you're already paying payments for that car and you don't even have the car in your driveway. I was like, so to me, that sounds like you have, you're the owner of the car already. You need to start doing, you need to get insurance. You need to start getting everything you need to take care of. You need to be a husband now before you even start dating this woman because you're already being attacked for it. So you might as well start taking accountability now. And I saw that, like, you have to, you have to get in these fights because you're involved before you ever even realize it. And that leads me to my first point is patience. And when I think about this, I think about in Isaiah in chapter 30, verse 18, he writes, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And waiting for people in their struggles is a very hard thing. And like I said, we all have a past. We all have a place where we came out of into our relationship with God, where we are today. And praise God for transformation and praise God for testimony and praise God for all that. But a lot of us were not what we are today. And we have to understand that first. You have to be, before you get into this, you have to get into a mindset that God is able. You have to be in a mindset that God is going to transform you, really whether you like it or not. We're not in as much control as we think we are. And you have to understand that God is doing something with that person. Because we've, some of us have had loved ones in prison. I mean, I, I can, I can, I have a handful of people that are so close to me that have been in jail. Some of us have had people that have been stuck in the hospital for things they're doing to themselves, the foods they're eating, they're choosing to eat. A lot of us have had people that are in rehab, that are, that are unemployed, that might be homeless because 
they don't, they don't want to accept help. They don't want to accept guidance. They don't want to, Hey, I got you that job. You keep quitting every job I get for you. I, I keep talking to someone to get, get you a job. And it's just, what, is that good enough for you? Like we all have somebody that's in that place where, but we have to understand it might be calculated for someone to be in a bad place. And I know this is crazy because it's like, where does accountability come in? And trust me, we are very much accountable for every decision. And, and the Bible says we will need to give account for every word that comes out of our mouth. We will have to give an account for every single thing. I believe that free will and free and uh, free destination or free will and predestination coexist. Okay. I believe it's the same thing at the same time. And maybe we can debate all that stuff later on another call. But the truth of it is, is we will have to be accountable, but we have to see that just like Job, as he was accountable for his heart, God was very, very much aware of every situation that had to take place for a reformation of the heart to take place. And we have to understand that for their life and for our life, because as we see, a lot of us can look back and we could say, God protected me from overdosing in that alley that day. And well, a lot of us can look back and be like, God protected me from getting shot that day. God, I mean, and, and I'm telling you stuff from my life, okay? There's a lot of times where I'm looking back and I'm saying, I'm like, right, if you guys can see me right now, I got my hands on my knees in the living room and I'm like looking down, like when you're trying to see something far away, I'm like, like when you're tired after running a race or a marathon. And I'm like, I definitely should be either dead or in prison or just not where I'm at today because God was in that. God was for sure in that. And that goes back to that verse that I was talking about in Isaiah. And God, God is patient and we do have to honor God for that patience. And like I said, it's not that we don't have to be accountable. It's not that we don't have to give an account for the decisions that we make and we don't have to be responsible for that. Cause I did talk about wake up calls, but God is very patient with us. And that is something that shows his mercy. The reason why we honor God for his patience is because it is an act of worship and it attests to his mercy. It is not because we get to brag about what we get away with, but it's because in our weakness, we boast about his greatness. That is the only reason why we do that, because otherwise we have no excuse for the things we decide to do. But we have to be willing to wait with someone in their pain the way God waited with us in our pain. We do not have any excuse, especially if you have transformed and you are a believer and you are a leader and you are someone who professes. You cannot be ready to say that you are a follower of Christ if you cannot follow the example and the blueprint that Christ laid out, that God laid out. And this is how you know he did it for you. So if you, have, if you had addiction problems and, you, and you've been around addiction your whole life, Guess who you're going to be reaching? Guess who you're going to be waiting with while they're calling you high at two in the morning and they're scared because they can't come down and they're asking you to pray for them to be sober because they're scared of what they're going to do to themselves if they're not. If you were the one that was battling with being, um, just being, you know, just dismissed for your opinion and no one ever valued you and no one ever, well, guess who God's going to bring you to? He's going to bring you to people who need you to, who they he needs you to build their identity up. You know, it's very clear. And that's why it's so important for us to have that patience because you're going to, you're going to be brought back to little versions of you. Like I said, this guy that I'm discipling, this younger guy, he was me six years ago. It hit me. And you know why it's hard for me to be patient with him sometimes when he's telling me, he's like, oh man, this girl's hitting me up, bro. Like, I don't know if I can say no, I just can't do it. I'm like, 
And in my head, I'm thinking, dude, it's so simple. Just say, just say, just say no. Just delete her number. It's so easy for me to say that in hindsight and retrospective. But I don't, I don't remember sometimes myself when I was 24, when I was 23, when I was sending out those messages, when I was receiving those messages. And it's so important for us to remember God's patience with us as we are patient to the people that he has called us to disciple. And we are patient with the people because they're, they're not, they're not going to listen because they don't want to listen. Remember the five minutes? If I could just sit down with someone in five minutes, I could solve their whole life. They don't want to listen, but they will. They will want to listen. It is going to happen. And my wife told me this, this advice. This is going to come a day when everybody is ready to listen. And the Bible talks about that. Every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. I believe that is alive and active in our lifetime. I believe that that will happen in everybody's lifetime. At one point, whether it's on their deathbed or it's when they're 30 or it's when they're 20 at a revival. It's going to happen. It's, it will happen. We all see that God is too big. God is too powerful. God is too loving. He is too all-encompassing for us to miss that with our own stubbornness. But we have to be ready to be patient, to wait, and to walk for the return. And the return is point two. When we've been patient and we've walked with somebody and we have been there with them and we have waited with them and we have showed them God's loving kindness, we have, we have led them back to repentance. We have walk them back to it by our leadership, or we have been the person that has, that has been willing to endure those processes the way we all did in our testimony. We come to the return, and this is point two. And I want to read out of Hosea chapter six, verse one in this. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. If you remember in point one, I talked about sometimes it's calculated for somebody to go through something. That blew my mind. That absolutely blew my mind. And this verse absolutely backs it up. And when you look at the history of the Israelites, you absolutely see it. You see it with Job. And I remember being a kid. I remember being a kid reading Job. And I remember thinking to myself the very first thing, why would God do that to Job? I remember thinking very clearly, why would he... Why would he dangle Job in front of the enemy like that? Why would he say, have you considered my servant, Job? Why, I, that terrified me, to be honest with you, as a child, because I didn't understand what was going on there. I didn't understand that the whole thing was a setup. It was a design to bring Job into a group because Job's life was going to speak for literally thousands of years to quite possibly billions of people, if, I mean, if not upwards of that right? All through one life, through the account of one man's life, through the account of one man's pain, of one man's trials. And that sounds really familiar, right? Because who else did God do that with, but not his son, Jesus? Through one man's pain, through one man's suffering, billions and billions would be led to freedom, would be led to an eternal life. And so how could we not see that happening in the life of our son who just doesn't listen and he's running the streets with people he shouldn't be hanging out with that we didn't raise him to look up to or our daughter that's chasing the guy that's like i gave you love why are you trying to date that kind of guy or the parent who's addicted right now 
and you're saying like, we all love you. Like, you don't need to go to that anymore. Like, you don't need to do that. We don't know what they need, truthfully. Just because you're related to somebody doesn't mean that you know what they need. Just because you work with somebody every day doesn't mean that you know what they need. We have to remove our, ourselves from little God complex. God does not need an assistant manager. He needs dedicated employees. There's already a chef. We need to be cooks. You cook, cooks with the ingredients that they're given. A chef creates new dishes. I would know that because I'm a very good amateur chef, but <laughs> um, I, I love cooking. Even last night, I threw it. Oh my God, you guys. I threw it all the way down last night. I made just, we got it, we moved into a new place. I had to just, I had to baptize the place with just some flavor, you know. But that's enough of me bragging. That's enough of me bragging. I, but, you know, the thing is that we try to be a chef with God. We try, we try to chef it, we try to chef it up, and we try to tell God how he needs to make a dish in someone's life. Or we even, like my, my friend, my young friend that I'm describing, he gives God all these relationships, whoever slid in, in his DM, and he says, God, make a wife out of the person I'm bringing to you. God, make a pizza out of, out of top ramen and some, some tortilla chips and a slice of cheese. Can you make me a pizza out of that? And God's like, no, I need you to be patient. I need you to return your heart to mine because I'm making you the best pizza you've ever had. But you don't have the ingredients right now. You're not even sitting at the table right now, but you need to prepare your heart for it. And we need to remember that with the people that we love. We need to remember that with the people that we're so frustrated because they won't change. But who else didn't change? And I asked for a reminder, who else didn't change their heart when they were addicted? Who, which other one of us fellows were out there running around with a bunch of girls that we knew weren't our wife? Which one of us, which one of us, and if you did, you had the power and the resolve to not do that when you're younger, kudos to you. But there's something in your life you did struggle with. I know it. Because we don't know God until we know that struggle. And so it's so important for us to model that. And it's so hard to model that. It's so difficult to model that. It's so difficult for us to wait and to be patient, to understand that someone doesn't want our wisdom. Someone doesn't want our testimony. Someone doesn't want the cross that we had to carry. And it's okay. It's all right. I'm here to tell you, it's okay. People are not going to want your cross. We didn't want Jesus' cross. How many of us ran? How many of us continue to still run to this day? How many of us don't even know that we're running? Even if you've been a Christian for a while, you might still be running from something. I would tell you this, if you're on this earth and you're on this side of heaven, I don't care if you've been in church 40 years, you probably are still running from something. None of us are perfect. We just mature and we mature and we mature and our entire life is an undoing. And we have to be willing to walk people back to that return because like he says, I'm going to read it again in Hosea, and I want to read from Job too, speaking of Job. But come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. And in Job in 22, that sentiment's echoed in verse 23, where it says, if you return to the Almighty, 
you will be restored if you remove unrighteousness far from your tent. Okay, we have to understand it is all calculated. It is absolutely calculated. And if you're approaching somebody not out of love, not out of patience, not out of sight with the return, not speaking to them to who their God-given identity is, you're going to be in, a, in for a long battle. And I hear people like, you know, I, tough love, yeah, tough love works. And, you know, maybe that does work for you. I've talked to a lot of AA guys and a lot of AA sponsors, and they're very aggressive guys, I've noticed. They're very, and, and sometimes you have to be because some of these, some, some people, they can really hurt people around them, if not themselves. And I understand that. I understand taking a tough love approach. I understand. I was in the military. I know <laughs> anybody listening that's a veteran or that's active duty right now, you know, tough, like you, because you're getting screamed at all the, you, you started the job of day one and you're getting screamed at when you woke up at three in the morning, when they're throwing you out of your bed. I saw beds flying. I saw bodies flying. I, I mean, it was terrifying. I understand that. I understand the tough guidance. I get that. But the heart from which we correct and we guide has to be patient, has to be loving, and it has to display the fruits of the Spirit. We have to always remember that. We can't, if you're correcting somebody because you're mad at them, you're not correcting them in love. You have to correct somebody because you understand who they are going to become and because God did that for you. And you always act out of that two, one-two punch of humility and vision. Humility and vision. Humility and vision. That's it. That's a song right there. If anybody's writing song, I like the rhythm to that humility. Like that's what, think about that. Start when you when you when you're guiding that person, that young person in your life, when you're guiding, when you're helping that spouse, when you're helping that family member, your little cousin or somebody, humility and vision. Humility and vision. Think about it. Because you need the humility to understand where you came from and you need the vision to speak into their identity because you know who God called them to be. That is so important. We give that one-two punch, and that's how the return happens. When someone's ready, we have to gauge where they're at because sometimes they're not ready for wisdom yet, but they're ready for love, and the loving kindness is what calls us to repent, and that leads me to my third and final point, and I love this verse. I love this verse because this verse makes so many judgmental, angry Christians mad. It just, they just punch the air right now. It, if they hear this, they're just going to be punching the air right now. Romans chapter two, verse four, I'm going to say it so loud. I just moved into this new, we just got into this new townhouse and my neighbors don't know that I give declarations at six in the morning and that I'm super loud and I pace the floors back and forth. Good thing we don't have anybody above or below us, but um, I'm going to just read it loud because I love it. I just love this verse. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Romans chapter two, verse four. God's kindness leads to repentance. God's kindness leads to repentance. And so many people are quick to talk about God's wrath and they love talking about God's judgment. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If you are judging somebody and you're not willing to pay the price for their sin, you're not judging somebody the way God's judging somebody. You're judging someone the way man judges somebody. And that's never going to get anybody anywhere. And that's going to keep the church stagnant. That's going to keep the church where it's at today. But we need Christians that are willing to reach the world because they're willing to pay the price for the world the way Jesus did. Jesus modeled judgment. And I always hear Christians all the time, yeah, but we're called to judge each other. No, you're not called to gossip. 
you're not called to talk, continually beat somebody in the ground because their life views don't conform to yours. And your life views are so uneducated and uninformed because you don't even know how to read the Bible. You don't know how to study, but you're quick to say, oh, but this verse right here, you don't even know what that verse means and you're reading it out of context. We're so quick to do that to the people around us. And then we wonder why nobody wants to come to church with us on Sunday. We wonder why, why, does, why do my kids not want to believe in God? They don't want to believe in God because of you. They don't want to go to God because if God is you, then they don't want any part of that. If God is judgmental the way you are, they don't want any part of it. They don't know that Jesus died on a cross for them because you don't die on a cross for them. I'm going to say that one more time. They don't know that Jesus died on a cross for them because you don't die on a cross for them. And I mapped it out today. It's about patience. It's about love. It's about kindness. And we look at those qualities as weak because we don't think that they get results in a world that is fast-paced and a world that is unforgiving. And we're so scared of them following the path that we followed that we think we need to be angry and we need to be judgmental. We need to blow up on them and we need to yell at them every time they put a dish in the sink and then we tell them how they can't find the job and they're not good. But we don't realize that we were unemployed too, that we were in debt too. We forget the debt that we owed God and that he cleared it and said, you don't owe anything. And I don't know anybody that has ever Alsa has called the collection agency and they said, you don't owe anything. You pay your last payment. The joy that comes from that because you guys, I had a past too, right? And like, I've paid stuff off and I, that feeling when it's, you don't owe it anymore. How much greater than to know that you never even had to make a payment at all. Yet we continuously judge and hold people down. We should be celebrating their God-given identity so that they can see that they have permission to walk into it. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. And, it, and the first letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians, because there was at least three or four that we know of and two that made it into the Bible. And if I have, is verse two in chapter 13, and I know we've all heard this, but let's think about it with what, what we have today. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. And here's the whole point of today's message. If you take anything away from today, I want you to take this away today. If you have wisdom and you do not use love, you just have information. Because what does your wisdom benefit you if it stays inside of you? if not to use love to give it to the people around you that need it. And that is what I, that is the conclusion I came to when I pondered this and I meditated this and solo lectura and all these other weird Latin terms that I can't even understand about meditating on scripture and all this other stuff that I'll do when I'm driving and I'm thinking about stuff and why my life is the way it is and why I've gone through what I've gone through and seen what I've seen and, and feel God's heart for some people and I think about it and I meditate it, this is what I came to. This is what I heard God showing me. If you don't do it in love, it's not wisdom, it's information. Wisdom requires love to be passed to somebody. It requires relationship to be passed to somebody because Jesus could have accomplished everything in an hour. He could have spent 30 minutes with 12 dudes and then he could have spent 30 minutes getting up on the cross. And he didn't. He took time to be in relationship. He took time to do life with people. And they were all sinners, you guys. They were the worst of the worst. They used the best terms they had at the time, 
But trust me, the, t- the terms that we would <laughs> use today, the people that, that Jesus would choose today to be his disciples, I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be picking the big shots because he didn't pick the big shots back then. He didn't pick the TD Jakes of back then. He didn't pick the, the big speakers and the, the pipe, John Pipers and all these guys and the, all the big, the big seller selling authors and, and the Michael Todd's and all these guys of the world. Like he didn't pick the, the hot shots. He didn't pick those guys. Not saying that those guys are like Pharisees. I, I love all those guys, but, um, he picked the worst of the worst and then he did life with them. And he broke bread with them. And if you have studied Hebraic culture and Hebrew culture and Israelite culture, eating and living and doing life with somebody is spiritually the same as consummating a marriage. It is on the same level. That's why they were forbidden from eating or walking into the homes of Gentiles. And that's exactly what he did. He, he ate with those people. He hung out with those people. He did life with those people. And look what he's doing all these years later to billions and billions of little reproductions of those people. He's changing them. He's constantly changing them. So it's our kindness that's going to lead that family member to repentance. It's our love. It's our wisdom. It's our, but if you don't love them, that wisdom is not going to be able to get in. You have to learn how to infiltrate somebody's mind. And you don't do it by screaming at them every day. You don't do it by constantly beating them down. Because if you remind somebody of their failures, you're going to tie them to that. You're going to always, they're going to always be that person because they think, what's the point of me ever changing if all I'm ever going to be treated as is my failure? And we cannot treat somebody like their failure because God did not treat you like your failure. You have no right to say that to somebody. God treated you like the person you are today, 20 years ago, when you were addicted, when you were stealing from people so that you can buy drugs. Okay? God treated you today with a wife when you were breaking women's hearts and being being a word I'm not going to even say, right? I'm not even going to say what you were to those girls. God gave you a daughter and protected her, even though you didn't protect other men's daughters when you were younger. Okay? We don't deserve it. Yes, they don't deserve it. Okay? We don't, we're not going to ever deserve it. That's the point. We're not going to ever get it right. It's calculated. You're already, t- <laughs> you're, we all lost. It's a setup. But because of that, we have to remember God's kindness exalts his mercy, which leads to repentance. That's how it happens. Not your little judgment and your little, the head slicing thing they used to use in France. I I can't think of the name right now. Not you putting them under the guillotine. Okay. That's not what's going to get somebody. Not you constantly beating somebody down with their failure. That's not going to happen. You got to be willing to wait there with someone. You got to be willing to sleep next to their bedside at the hospital. You got to be willing to wake up and intercede for them. You got to be willing to wake up and pray. You got to actually be willing to stop praying what you want over their life and start praying what God wants over their life. And that's how it happens. That's how we see change. And I wonder, will anybody ever listen? I, I, would, I would talk to people in my life and be like, man, don't you know how wise I am? <laughs> how many times have we told ourselves that? How, do you know how wise I am? Do you know what I've been through? I've been through what you've been through times 20. And it doesn't matter because they don't care. It doesn't matter because they're too busy talking about how they're hurt or they're in pain. It doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. It's not about you. It's about you carrying your cross for them. What Jesus did for us. That's all the time I have for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. 
I want to encourage you to stick around. We're about to do a second round of intros, saying hi and good morning to everybody, and then we're going to get into Love Like Victory, where we're going to talk about today's message. I'm out of breath because I've been running laps around <laughs> our living room, and I'm like, I do all the movements and everything. If if someone was looking into our window right now, they'd see like a tiny little Mexican dude pointing his finger in the air through a window <laughs> doing aerobics and stuff. They're probably like, man, that dude's workout so lit. So. Um, Enough of that. I want to get into second round of intros. If you called in late, if you didn't get a chance to say good morning this morning earlier when Andrew was doing um, our intros, please feel free to come off mute now. Say good morning. Introduce yourself if it's your first time. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't scare you away if it's your first time. And I just want to thank you for calling in. So please say good morning. We want to hear from you. Good morning, morning, Brother Mike. Great message. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Brother Moses. This is Mona. Great declaration. Hey, family. Hey, Mona. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Jeff G. And oh, my goodness. I'll just leave it at that for right now. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, bro. Good to hear from you. Yeah, too. Morning, Nash. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Was that uh, Eric? You know it. Hmm. Good morning, Eric. Miss you, bro. Good morning, it's Nikisha. Great declaration. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning, Brother Moses. It's Krishanda. Hey, what's up, Krishanda? Good morning. Hope you're doing well. I am, thank you. I hope the same for you. Thank you, thank you. Nephew, nephew, my God, my God, nephew. That's all I'm going to say, my God. <laughs> Good morning. Hmm. Do we have anybody else? Anybody didn't get to say good morning this morning? Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. Great declaration. Who is that? Good morning, it's Diane. Good morning, Diane. Who was that before Diane? Carla. Mm. Good morning, Carla. Good morning. Good morning. This is Juanita. Good morning. Good morning, it's Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning, Brother Moses. Great word. It's prosperous, Pam. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, this is Danielle. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, good morning. All right, going once, going twice. Any last good mornings? Anybody didn't get to introduce himself? First time, 500th time, 40th time. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna transition over into Love Life Victory and said it once, said it 30 times, said it 30,000 times is my favorite time. If if you have to go check out the, I, I, I encourage you check out the recording of today, share it with some friends, maybe some friends and family, maybe that you, uh, that you think could hear today's message or any of the amazing messages. We get 30 of them every month that are just perfectly tailored to the theme and to our community and to our family. This is more than community. This is family, 100%. And we do this Monday through Saturday at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
And I always got to remind myself that because I'm in Arizona and we're a different time frame from you guys every, every now and then. But um, yeah, definitely call in, give in. If you feel in your heart, you want to financially sow into our ministry and, and help out. It all helps with keeping everything up because it costs money to get the declarations hosted and recorded and distributed. And then just all the stuff that Dion does outside of that, that gives back to the community. It's just, I love it. I highly encourage you to give, give, and you will see it return to you in your life. That is one thing I have definitely learned. If I have ever been in need, I always give, and I encourage you to do the same. So with that said, I want to transition into this. I want to do a real quick recap. If anybody called in late, we talked about wisdom today and how do we give it away? How do we give away wisdom? How do we do that? And I introed a little bit about my life, some stuff I've gone through with that. And sometimes folks just don't understand. They don't get it. How do we get them to understand, especially if their life's at risk, especially if their freedom and their future's at risk? Um, we talked about patience. We read about out of Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. We talked about the return when someone comes back. How do we get somebody to a place where they're ripe for return? We read out of Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. We read out of Job chapter 22, verse 23. And in the final point, we talked about how do we then give it away? And wisdom is transferred by love. That, otherwise, it's just information. We read out of two verses, my personal favorite, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Tear that one up. Dissect it. Google it. Just tear that one up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. Those were the two verses from point three. So let's talk about it. I definitely want to get into this. I'm excited to hear what everybody has to say. Um, just your own story, your own testimony, whatever God puts on your heart. I'm so excited to hear it. So at this time, I do want to ask if someone goes on, if we could all just be on mute so we can hear them clearly. And um, if we can just go in order, whoever uh, jumped on first, just let them, let them share real quick. And then I'll be sure to um, remember who was who was up and and uh, try to help facilitate that. But this this is you know the community time. So thank you if you have something and in advance I want to encourage you. So if you have something, please feel free to share. Hey, good morning. I'll go first. This did you know I don't have to wait because that was oh amazing with the oh my God my husband. <laughs> Because I was um, transitioning because I have to uh, meet someone. So he was listening to you. He was like, man. I said, babe, that's Moses, you know. And then I had to remind him who you were. And guess how I reminded him? When me and my sister Moni met at the Niner game. Holla. Anyway, okay. So um, (laughs) um, thank you for that saying about the wisdom part, like the love part. You got to have love because without love, wisdom is just information. That is the dopest thing I've ever heard. And then reminding us about crucifying the cross, you know, not as far as our kids are concerned, you know, that was so on point, how how just being mean and, and, and tearing people down with the word and not loving them, even if they are not what we think they should be, because we weren't there either at one time, and I'm still not all the way there. So I just love you, yeah. nephew. For, you blessed my morning. So I'm going to get ready to do my second part because I didn't work out because I had to pray. But amen, because my my spirit, my spirit needed that. So I love you to life, and thank you. I'm getting ready to do my workout now. I love you. Thank you, Didi. Thank you for the encouragement. That's good to hear. Um, that's the truth. Point of it to me is, 
you know, when I was running this message, but I, I, I usually run my message by my mom in advance. And, um, I, the big point I wanted to tell her was, you know, like, I, I really want to touch on the point, you know, wisdom without love is just information and there's a way that we have to transfer it. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that stuck out. You know, I, I, that was my heart. That's why I said, if there's anything you take from this message today, I want you to take that line, take that from it. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anybody else? Does anybody else have something on their heart they would like to share? Good morning. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, man. Miss you too, uh, Neff. Uh, man, it was so many uh, good things, man. You dropped some real nuggets. First of all, when you talked about <laughs> how you are when you do declarations, that is me too. You know what I'm saying? When I'm doing a declaration, man, I'm up, I'm walking around the room, uh, uh, <laughs> Now I'm doing all this, you know what I'm saying? So I, you know, I had to laugh at that because that's me because I just can't, you know what I'm saying, contain myself. You know, it's, it's like I, I have to uh, get up like that because especially it's, it's so hard for me. Sorry about that. It's so hard for me to do uh, 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 the phone thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm such a, you know, I'm 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 more like a, uh, uh, when I'm preaching or, or or teaching, you know, it's it's you know I have to have that audience, so I'm always yeah. been like that. Um, you know, you 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 know, you said a lot of things, and and D touched on that. Um, also, when you talked about you being late, I had to laugh too because I am such a, a on time person. It drives my wife crazy. And everybody in church knows knows that, you know what I'm saying? I always say, look, we serve an on-time God. Why can't you be on time? So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just, it, it really, it really, um, um, it caused me to really think about uh, uh, how, how you know, you can talk to a person like that. Uh, the other thing you talk about, like the mini-me's. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, in my experience, I've seen that too. God is always teaching us. He's always showing us and always reminding us the where, where he brought us from because he's putting people in our lives that is exactly like us or have the same wow. tendencies, you know, and, you know, it, 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 it's, it's funny. And then that dinner, there was a couple slogans he did and I'm gonna get off because people always say I'm long winded. Um, God doesn't need, uh, um, I think managers, he needs dedicated <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't need uh, he doesn't need the chef. He needs people who can cook. That that right there, man. Those two right there, man. I mean, I could go on and everything, but I'm gonna let it somebody else have have some time, man. But uh, dead on, um, great declaration, nephew, man. Love you, man. Keep on doing what you're doing. God bless you, Mr. Sound. Thank you, bro. I appreciate the encouragement. I do. And I, you know, it's funny you say that because my wife is super, super on time. She is like, she can, she's like a robot with timing. Like she could wake up, it, like she rises like a vampire when the alarm goes off. And she's like, she can get ready. Like, I'm just like waking up still. She's got the car started. I'm like, what, what, how did this happen? How did this marriage work? You know, but like, yeah, I totally get it. I, and, you know, the military background and everything, too. I, I, I definitely understand that. But, yeah, I, you know, I see that. I see that huge. And I've had to learn that in my own life with the people that I try to pour into with God's got it under control. And sometimes that's for me, you know. So thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. And, 
and painting it that way that he reminds us where we came from. I think that's so profound. Uh, does anybody else have anything they would like to share at all? Good morning, Brother Moses. It's Andrew. Hey, what's up, Drew? Hey, I uh, really enjoyed your lesson this morning. And uh got a couple things. Uh, firstly, uh, the way that I see uh, free will and predestination, want to talk about this off the call, is I, I see God is a maestro. He's a composer, and he mm. composes the chords to the music, right? Whether uh, when the chord is played, you can you you have free will to adjust the uh, dynamics of the chord. Like, right? do you have more bass? Do you have the different voices in the uh, in the orchestra playing louder, or playing softer, or even mm -hmm. doing at rest? to adjust the chord, but the chord is going to stay the same. You can't change that, but you wow. can change the texture down. That's my spin on that. But like I said, we could, when we talk, we, we, we could chat about that. Yeah, one, of the things, one, one of the things that, that, that I still struggle with is uh, that notion of, okay, uh, God was patient with me, he's long-suffering, and he has a chastening hand. And in those areas that he's chastened me in before that I'm still stumbling over, it's hard for me to go before him and, and, and deal with that because he's given me enough wisdom to know, okay, this is not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to, you know, if you see the stumbling block, step around it, jump over it, you know, uh -huh. go a different way. And you still, like, a butt against it. And then when you see that in your children, because wow. children will will mirror your best qualities, but they'll amplify your worst. And wow. being able to still be patient and long-suffering my God is with me, to them when I still see what they're doing, and yet I'm dispensing the wisdom with, okay, you can't do it this way. You've got to jump over it. You've got to move around it. You see, you know it's coming. Every mm -hmm. 800 meters, you've got another barrier to jump over. And, you know, being able to walk that through and still, you know, dispense wisdom and not just instruction. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's tough. But it all comes, and, and I can handle that, but it all comes back to, okay, I'm, I see where this is coming from. And it's my fault and getting past that self-forgiveness because if God has forgiven me, I should be okay with it and move on. Uh, that's something that I'm still struggling with. Wow. Man, that is so powerful what you said. I, I just want to go back to that real quick. If no one, if, if, make sure everyone caught that. You were like, our kids will imitate our good qualities, but they'll amplify our bad qualities. I just like, Man, I think that's so powerful for so many. I can think of so many people that have to hear that that are that aren't on this call, but like people that I know in life that they're like butting their heads with their kids right now. But it's because their kids are like they those qualities that they're mad about are the ones that they were doing when they were their kids' age. They just don't remember, you know, or they don't know that they do that to other people. And that's just that's so powerful to me because we we're, we're like in Target yesterday. 
and we were holding the baby and it was past her bedtime. It was like seven o'clock, seven thirteen. And she was <laughs> she has a tambourine that she loves and uh-huh. she was just banging this tambourine and my wife went to go take it from her. And she like got mad. Like my daughter got mad. Like she got upset. I'm like, oh, she got that quality from you right there. I was like, I'm humble. Like I don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm just uh-huh. messing. But you know, like they, you know, they do that because I'll notice that my daughter will hear music and she'll start swaying and dancing from side to side. You know, and she she just starts smiling, and it's the cutest mm-hmm. thing. And um, I'll have to have my mom post a video on Facebook or something because it's hilarious. But um you know like she sees us do that because we both will like be cooking and we'll be like dancing and we both sing a lot and there's we have a very musical house you know there's always music playing or someone playing music or i'm writing music or something so she's very musical but i see how we we imitate and she sees those things and it's just like a she's like a sponge man like and she'll say things that we say and like it's just it's crazy to see that and i and i can't imagine that on a bigger level but by you saying that, I really can understand that. I think that really hits home for me. And I just see how the times when I've butt heads with my parents, it's because I was doing something that they used to do that they grew out of. They knew the route to freedom and I didn't want to listen to it from them. And, and we butt heads on that. And so, man, that's so, man, that's so crazy. It's eye-opening. That's a whole declaration right there, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I think that was a beautiful analogy too about God as a composer. I think that is so that was a very, that was a thinking one for me. I'm going to have to, I definitely love that. That's awesome. We'll have to definitely chat about that more, but um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I really appreciate that and your insight and your your wisdom all the time, you know, especially uh, in in life too. So thank you. Thank you. Um, do we have anybody else? Does anybody else have anything you'd like to share? Good morning, Moses. This is Rochelle. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. You hey. always make me laugh. <laughs> because I mean, <laughs> when I, I, my phone went dead. And then when I got back on, you were talking about the people. And I was like, man, there was a coworker I had um, every morning. I would, she would come in. I would say, good morning. She was like, what's so good about it? And I'm just like, guess what? I woke up this morning. So did you. Or the motorcycle caused an accident. I said, well, did you stop to say, Lord, I hope you are right? Or, you know, you know, you late. I said, sometimes we have to consider other people. But that was just a whole thing. I just couldn't understand why, you know, I had to deal with that on five days a week. I said, who wakes up five days a week to come to a job (laughs) that God has blessed them to have a bad attitude every morning. So I used to pray every morning. I was like, Lord, remove her, remove her. And guess what? The Lord removed me. I was like, what kind of, what, how, how did you answer that prayer, God? Because that's not what I said. But I had to realize that sometimes there's only, <laughs> there's only so much that you can do. And, and the scripture says, when they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and keep going. All wow. I could do is live a life pleasing unto God to show her the Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine that men will see the good for good works and glorify Him. Oh, it may yeah. not have been Monday through Friday, but now that I'm not in her presence, I hope that something I said encouraged her. You know okay. that I did for her when she was going through. I believe that all that I did during that time impact the time that my absence and what I, you know, spoke to her made an impact when I wasn't around. And then for Andrew to get on and say um, about the composer and what our kids see yesterday, and don't judge me because my kids deserve and they, they work hard. So my kids are 
a little spoiled sometimes. And my daughter wanted these shoes yesterday, and you know how it is with the Jordans. You got to get on the line, you got to stand in line, you got to. So yeah. she had me working on two computers, two phones, just to keep getting on the the wait line. So my son said, "We're not gonna get." I said, "Hold on a minute, don't don't talk like that in here." I said, "We that's not how we talk." I said, the same way you say you're not going to do it is the same way that you trust. I hope I get it. I said, that principle wow. works the same way. I said, so take it back. I said, ask the Lord to forgive you because you already have doubt in your heart and you don't have faith mm. in what he can do for you. So you've seen it so many times. But to make a long story short, after I'm working on two computers, she had to go to work. So she left me to do the work. And I'm supposed to be at work on another computer. But I'm working all these devices, and she calls me back about 20 minutes later, and she said, oh, mom, don't worry about it. I got them. And oh, I wow. looked. I said, so what does that say to you? Yeah. I said, what do you say? She was like, thank you, Lord. I said, the same thing he'll do for me, he'll do it for you. I said, so yeah. when I picked her up, <laughs> I turned on um, Karen Hawthorne. Won't he do it? Yes. I said, now say it. Now say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it on, but the, I have to teach him the same way. He's no respecter of person. If he do it for the, even the littlest things that he didn't do it for me, he allowed you to get him. I'm over here working for you on the computers, but he allowed you to get it. So yeah. he showed you who he was. So I thank God for that. So we have to continue to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abound in the work so that they can see it and that those attributes of God can go from us and we can portray it and they'll get it for themselves. So I just just encourage people, just don't give up. When things don't look the way that they are, keep pushing, keep plowing, keep enduring because God's glory, he's going to get the glory, whether it be on yep. Monday through Friday or Saturday or Sunday, but keep being who we are and, you know, just, you know, do what we do. So I love you. You are so funny. I thank you for your declarations. Always on point. Amen. Amen. Times a thousand. I totally understand that battle too, because uh, I definitely am a sneakerhead and my wife doesn't understand it. And I'm like, babe, but like, you don't get it. And it's like, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard interest to have. It's an expensive one. She was like, I just don't understand it. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I love it. It's my thing. So I'm like, um, I get it. Moses, the double blessing in that is she didn't have to depend on us to buy them. She had her own money. She had her own money saved. So the the value in building it up and not having to wait, not yeah. have to ask us for it, that she was, you know, responsible and um uh, independent enough to save the money cause, and understand that the things she wants, she has to work for and she has to be able to pay for. So that was just a blessing. I thank God for, you know, just him oh, being yeah. so wonderful and showing himself. Yeah. So, yeah. And don't you. Yeah, because I'm the you, same way. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, I tell my wife, too, I'm like, I'm just going to put away this for that. Like, I'm gonna, if I save this much for X amount of months, I'm like, I can do that, you know, and like, I totally see it, too. But man, so so much good stuff that you said. I mean, just so powerful, so like, so life-giving. I, I It makes me think of so much because especially with like myself, with I think the way I am with, I have to learn a lot of those principles too. But a big thing I want to talk about that you said, I just want to touch on real quick because I know there's others I want to share right now, but like I had to learn, and this is what I think that happens to your situation with your coworker is like, I think sometimes we underestimate the power of planting a seed. 
And I think that we live in an environment and a culture and a society and everything that is very fast paced. We need our internet speed to be the fastest. We need our downloads to happen immediately. If I download that app, I want it in three seconds. If I click that link, I click that page. If I go to YouTube, I want it to come up right away. Like we instant gratification, you know, I think sometimes, and I'm not saying this about you, but I'm just saying like, I think sometimes when we see the work that God has us do in someone's life, I think we always need instant reaction, instant tears, instant breakdown, like, oh, it needs to be powerful. It needs to hit hard. But I think sometimes the most impact I've ever made is by planting a seed in someone's life. And I've done that too with a coworker where they're just super, super negative. But I, I had to realize like, cause I would ask, <laughs> I was laughing so hard during that story though, by the way, because like, I had to think to myself, like, how is someone that there's, there's no way, there's no way you could be that mad every day. And then it's consistent. It like, you don't know bitter until you've had a coworker that's like that. And you're like, wow, it is just, I'm not even mad anymore. I'm impressed that you're so consistent to be mad every day. Like that is impressive actually. Like I'm actually <laughs> impressed. Like that's, man, I don't do anything that consistently. <laughs> like that's crazy. And I realized like I had to just plant a seed. And I think that's what I 100% believe. I don't just think I 100% believe that you planted a seed because my wife told me this. She was like, I, you know, to be honest with you guys, like I struggle with like a, a specific family member and him listening to me and like not. And I sometimes feel like I waste my breath because like I'll give him like just good advice, stuff I've been through that I help him. And he just won't listen. He'll just talk about his problems. And I'm just like, dang, man, like that's crazy. Like, I don't I don't know how to get across to him. My, my wife told me last night, she was like, someday he's going to be ready. He's not ready right now. He's not ready to change. But when he is ready, he's going to think back on every word you ever told him. And he is going to call you and he is going to finally listen. She's like, but you've been patient with him. You know, like you, you, you rode the wave with him. You, you rode through the storm with him and you didn't leave. You know, so like I had other things about that. And I think about that with our lives and with our coworkers and things like that and our kids and our family members and just people who we're trying to pour into like that. Like, I think we underestimate the power of planting seeds. Sometimes we don't realize that like, we're not going to be the one to cultivate the soil. We're not going to be the one to water it. We're not going to be the one who benefits from the shade of it. But we were the one who threw that seed and hit the soil originally. And we won't see that until we're in heaven someday. I, I believe we're going to be, a lot of us are going to be shocked, you know. So, yeah, that's so powerful, man. I, I would love to teach on that even, too. And um, maybe, maybe I'll do something on that next month. That, that's a great idea, I think, right there. But that concept, man, like, that is so powerful. And, and I think you absolutely did make a difference in her life. So thank you for sharing those stories. I, I, they're so powerful and so life-giving and encouraging. They just build my faith. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and congrats to your daughter for, because it's hard. Like getting shoes online is hard. It's like hard to be one of the ones. Like I know friends that like have three computers up and they're like waiting at midnight. <laughs> so I, I know that struggle. I've been there. But um, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Does anybody else have anything they would like to share today? Hey, it's Krishonda. Hey, what's up, Krishana? Ah, boy, this was such a good, uh, great declaration and just such a great uh, discussion. Um, I like the part about um, even the comment that Brother Andrew and others commented on about your children imitating you. I remember um, uh, my ex used to say about one of my children, you got to let her get away with that. And I would just look at him and say, 
I would be upset about the same thing, but say, I can't get mad at myself. Like, you know, that was you. And yeah. So I have to have patience to learn. <laughs> and of course, they're going to turn up, you know, they're going to take yeah. it to a whole other level. Um, that, um, yeah, that was really good. And then I don't know if you ever heard the uh, older person say, just keep living, just keep living. So when I heard you say um, about don't pray uh, what you want, pray what God wants or something like that, you said towards the end of your declaration. And it made me think about how I'm having to learn or how I'm learning um, through the grace of God to be patient and to listen, because sometimes we just, or I should say, I might just automatically pray something or think something. And sometimes it's just good to just, like you said, not internet speed, but just slow down and listen so that God can give you the wisdom as to what to pray for, to prepare even your heart. Because sometimes it may be that you don't need to speak because you're not saying the right thing that the person can hear. And so um, that whole idea, I really want to be able to pray what God wants for the person and not me. And because as we grow over time, we get more um, knowledge and understanding. And we still don't fully understand the way God, um, you know, sees things. But um, but that's just, you know, what's been a, what's on my heart when I just heard you say that about praying for what they want. So sometimes, like I said, for me, it's slow down and listening a little bit more, like letting the Spirit speak to me to say, to know what to say or not to even say. Um, so bless you, my brother. Love you. Thank, thank, <laughs> honestly, that is such, I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up though, because that was something I wanted to elaborate on more. And I, I kind of think I should explain that even too. Um, and and I'm, thank you so much for bringing that up. I, when I say praying, not praying what we want and praying what God wants, what I mean by that is what I started doing was interse intercession, like interceding, right? And I didn't know how to do that in, in the beginning when I had issues with family or, or, or someone or something or work, I was, I was looking for a job or something or, you know, whatever it was, wherever I was at in life, whatever season it was, I would tend to pray from my perspective. So if I saw somebody going through something or this family member I had been mentioning, I would pray for them from my perspective, what I felt needed to change. And I was like that one verse where it says, why do you, why are your prayers long winded and you're just saying words and you're not saying anything, you know, Jesus taught us how to pray and this. And I realized if you break down that prayer that Jesus teaches how to pray, it's about praying God's will. And I believe that that's what I started to do is I would literally just pray. I put on worship music, I'd get names. And then I would go one by one through the name and I would, I would ask God, Lord, how do you want me to pray for so-and-so? You know, if, if it's, if it's brother Tom or somebody, right? Like how, Lord, how do you want me to pray for Tom? Like how, how do I pray for him? And I would sit there worshiping in silence, being still until God put something on my mind and my heart specifically about them, what to be praying for. And it would mm -hmm. never be the way I would have prayed for them. It was always mm -hmm. something like God was telling me like, I have them in this season because there's this part of their heart that I really want to be exercising and working on. And the only way that it's going to, that they're going to find freedom in it is through this season. And I have them in there for a couple months and I want you to pray for this quality and this quality to come out there. And I'm like, Whoa, this That's is crazy. Okay. And I learned, and I learned how to intercede. And there's a difference between praying and petitioning and talking to God and, and having communion with God and then intercession. And I learned how different intercession was. 
And when I started praying for people like that, I started seeing instant prayer. I'm talking mm. instant, absolute instant answered prayer because I was praying with God's will and accordance with God's will. And I was praying out of faith that what I heard was true. So when you pray in God's will and you pray with faith and you believe, and, and so many times, like, it's like, if you just believe, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, and Jesus says, I say what the Father says to say, and I do what the Father says to do, and you team and partner all that up in your intercession, I guarantee you, promise you, you're going to see 100% because God's word does not come back void. So when I had those family members and, you know, like my brother and like everybody else that I'm like trying to pray for, and I started praying what God was praying, was doing in their life, I started seeing instant growth, instant change. I started seeing them go through stuff still, but be covered and protected and guided and then and then reaching out for how about it was just crazy. So I should definitely elaborate on that too in a different in a for, in a future message. So thank you for touching on that because I think that's super important. And um man, that's funny too, because like I, I think of my daughter like that too. Like, man, how how would I ever say something to her? Because that's me. Like that's right? she looks like me. That's like little me. I'm almost I kind right? of feel guilty because I'm like, I feel a little proud almost, like kind of like, because it kind of, it's endearing, but I know that when I do it, it's not endearing. So right? that's hilarious. Oh, man. Other people that's so have funny. to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Just deal with it. Double down you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that's funny. I'd like your comments too. And, and just, I just heard from me, just, you know, getting out of my own way and letting God's will be done. You know, that's wow. what I heard when you were speaking, getting out of my own way. So praise be to God. Thank you. I'm going on mute. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you, seriously. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to share today? Brother Marcus. Hello, Brother hello. Marcus. Hello, listen, this is Jeff G. Hey, I, 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 okay, I'm not on the um, level of, God is not reason me at the level of doing declarations yet. However, I do, um, he has put me in the position where I'm over a men's prayer group. Um, every other Thursday. And in the prayer group, we do good, I mean, very deep and powerful uh, Bible study. Um, a lot of times, whenever I'm speaking, I don't even know it, but I, I, I've used analogies like you do a lot. And it's not until after it's said, somebody tells me how good it was or they, they, they encourage me in, in it. Um, just last night, I, I was encouraged with that. I'm not going to do one now because you blew me away with the car when the, um, I'm trying to say, because I was just working on my generator to finish out what we were talking. But uh, it was a couple of them that you used the car one and the internet just now. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot. I do that a lot, and it, 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 it blesses me. After it's over with and I get the encouragement with, it's a way of, things that seem so complex with God's word, but you break it down to where it's simplistic, profound, but yet simplistic. We can understand it a whole lot better. And I, I appreciate that you do that. I, I, I can um, identify what you're saying a lot. And also a lot of things that you speak on, what you went through in the past, man, I'm right there with you. Or I was right there with you. I can identify with it a whole lot on a lot of levels. Um, I'm not going to make it long and re-preach what, you, what you've already preached, but I'm just going to say, wow, man, I, I appreciate your word and your sound, what the word of God has given you and your sound, man. 
Thank you. Thank you, Ruff, so much. And, and I, and, and the thing is, is like, that is, you know, what you're describing to me, I, I've always thought about that because I, you know, if you're reading the gospel and you're reading the way Jesus spoke to, to, you know, his disciples, and then he just spoke to the crowds was exactly with what you're saying. And then exactly what you do at, at, at when you're leading men's group is it, it's the, it's the analogy that you're talking, you're just talking life. You know I mean? You're just talking in a way that we can all understand because I think, I think what you uncovered there is, is, is the Bible. Like you uncover that. And, and what it is, is it comes down to the fact that this is a, a message that is timeless, but it's a message that was hidden in analogy and hidden in metaphor so that it can survive like the different civilizations and, and it can survive throughout time. And, and I think you already have that. Like you, you're already teaching that way. You're already teaching in the way that's going to survive because people go through different seasons, just the way that we do as a, as a people in general on the planet, we go through technology and, you know, the bronze age and the iron age, all these different things, but God's word was still true in all of it, you know, but the same way when you're ministering to guys at the men's group, you know, like those guys are going to go through seasons up and down and they're going to go through a marriage and they're going to go through a tough time in marriage and they're going to go through a job and maybe not having a job, all these things, but the God's word still stays true through that metaphor, through that analogy, through that. And like, I think that's so huge. I think that's such a huge thing to touch on because it just totally echoes, especially everything that's being talked about today is like, it's about having the patience to meet somebody where they're at, to talk about life where they're at, to meet them where they're at exactly the way Jesus did for us. So I think that's, I think that's a good point, man. I think that's super powerful. And I just thank you for, for, for illuminating that and shining light on that, you know? So Thank you. Thank you for sharing. It's good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in. I, I, I appreciate your encouragement and feedback. It's been a, been twice now, you know, I just, you just pointed out such great things. So thank you. Thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate that. There's one other thing that I want to say, and um, this is for more so for the group than one individual. I, um, I have been sick for the last two, three weeks now, well, over a month. And I took the uh, COVID test and it came back negative but I'm still dealing with a, a little bit of the residual of the sickness. But I just want to thank and give my, my, my appreciation for those that lift me up in prayer, for those that uh, prayed for and with me. I, I greatly appreciate you all that. Amen. 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 Yeah, we'll close out today praying for everybody too. So we're going to continue with that in that. So thank you, bro. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for the praise report too. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to share? Anything before we close out for the day? All right, going once, going twice. Okay, thank you guys for calling in today. We're right at eight. Um, I just want to thank everybody who shared today. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing about your life. Thank you for sharing about what God is doing. I think it's so fresh. I think it's so, I love it so much. I love hearing what God's doing in each one of our lives. I, I get excited about that. I just do because I just love to see what God's doing. It, it reminds me to hold on to the areas that I need to hold on and the things that I might doubt. So I want to do that right now. And I want to lift up Specifically, I want to pray for that. I want to pray for health. I want to pray for those around us. I want to pray for our loved ones, 
especially in the middle of a pandemic like this with everything that's going on, not that we would um, have fear, but that we would walk in wisdom and that with our family and our loved ones that we might not know where their future is headed, that we can walk in not fear, but in wisdom. And I just want to pray over that. So I'm going to close this out. And if you have any prayer requests in your heart, we're going to stand in agreement with you and we don't have to say them, but just know that we partner with each other with those prayer requests that are in our heart. And we're all in agreement because we know that our hearts reflect what God has for us and for those in our lives. So Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I, I mean, it's such a powerful prayer this morning, Lord. Didi said the fact that we have life, Lord, the fact that we woke up today, that is just such a beautiful gift every day is a gift from you, Lord. It is another day to honor you. It is another day to worship you. It is another day to showcase your love to those around us. Father, and I thank you for all these stories of all these things you're actively doing in our life, things you've done in our life that we've gained wisdom and knowledge and information from, and just the future to know that we can love on people in our life, our family members, the, the tough cases, Lord, the ones that we don't know how to break through and get across to them. I thank you, Father, that you've already given the answer to us. You've already brought us through our testimony, and you can do it again. I think somebody needs to hear that today. For your loved one who you might not have, you might not have much more fuel in the tank for them, for that situation, for that job, for that healing, for that, that you might not have much left in the tank because you've already prayed the first prayers and you prayed the tired prayers and you prayed the late night prayers and you prayed the, I'm in the car and I just remembered it prayers. Just hold on, keep going because God did it for you. He'll do it for them. And God did it in your life and he'll do it again. He will reach you. He will get to you. And even if it doesn't look the way you think it looks, he's still with you. This is not our final. This is not our final stop. This is not it at all. This is our classroom. So I thank you, Father, that even in our classroom, you comfort us. Even in our classroom, you're still there for us and you provide everything that we need when we need it, how we need it, why we need it. I thank you for that, Lord. So we rest in that confident assurance in your character, not in our own abilities, Lord, but in who you are, Lord. So I pray against every hard situation. I pray against every tough situation that is that is holding us down at night, that is giving us fear, that is giving us anxiety, that is giving us stress and doubt, Lord. Let it just strengthen us. And I want to pray and I want to declare this right now over every person that's still on the line that is struggling with something. Lord, the next time the enemy tries to whisper in our ear that we need to fear that circumstance, we need to fear that situation, we need to fear uh, contracting the virus, you need to fear about your brother, you need to fear about your daughter, you need to fear about your uncle, you need to fear about your family member that's in the hospital right now. The next time the enemy says that, I want you to do this. I want you to start laughing. Because the greatest worship and warfare you can do is to laugh at the enemy. It's like getting in a fight with someone and they start laughing. Imagine how terrified you'd be of that person. So I say that you laugh and you worship God and rejoice because the enemy is a liar. He is the prince of lies. That means if he's attacking you with something already right now, then it's, you already know that it qualifies as a lie because the enemy is not going to speak truth over your life. He can only lie. God is the prince of peace. He's, he's a prince of, Jesus is the prince of peace. He is truth. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the light. He is the word. Okay, and that's what we have in our heart, and we rest in that. And I pray that each one of us rest in that, Lord, that each one of us would know when we're hearing the enemy and know when we're hearing you, Lord, and know when we're hearing ourselves, so that we can stand on top of your word, Lord. We can stand on top of your scripture and your promises and the truth that Jesus already died on the cross and Jesus covered it all.
So I thank you for that confident assurance that we have in you, Lord. Not in ourselves, not in the enemy, not in our money, not in our life, not in our anything else, but that it is all in you, Lord. And I thank you for that, Father. I ask that you be with each one of us this weekend. We'll be right back on it Monday morning, 6 a.m. Thank you guys for calling in. In Jesus' name, amen. It is finished. So thank you guys who dismissed her today. Have a great Saturday. Have a great day. 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 Have a great